Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, I'm so happy to have a guest from Miami on our program today, Ms. Heather Monahan, who is the author of Confidence Creator. Heather, welcome to the program and thank you for you know making uh, time to come on to talk about your great book, uh, The Confidence Creator. But I also want you to tell the story about your TED Talk as well because I enjoyed that as well. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Before we jump into the confidence creator, if you could, could you share with our audience a little bit about your education background and experience? Sure. So I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. I went to Clark University for my undergrad, majored in psychology. And from there, I went right to work in sales. I worked for the Gala Winery. Then I worked I moved to radio. I became an equity partner in my early 20s for a group of radio stations in Michigan. I took a $25 million property and turned it into a $55 million property in under three years. And I left there and went to work for a publicly traded company in Florida. And I pitched myself for a job that didn't exist, VP of sales, and I was awarded that position. And during my tenure at the company, I more than doubled the company's revenue. I, when I arrived, we were doing about 100 million annually. When I left, we were doing in excess of 200 million annually. And I ended up getting fired by another woman two and a half years ago. So I took that opportunity to write and self-publish my first book, Confidence Creator. Then I started a public speaking career. Then I launched my podcast, Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. Then I gave my first TED talk, TEDx talk and it was promoted to a TED talk. Then the pandemic hit and I had to completely pivot my business. And during that time, during the pandemic, Harper Collins Leadership just signed me to launch my new book, Leapfrogging Villains, with them. That will come out next year. And then I launched my online mentoring program. And then I just partnered with Harvard and I'm launching a virtual selling seminar for selling and communicating in, in difficult times. Wow, that is truly awesome. And uh, what, how much sleep do you get? Uh, sound like you're working 24 hours with all that stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, I work a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's, let's, let's talk about the confidence creator. What is the confidence creator all about? I mean, one can, from the title, you know, creating confidence, but give us the, 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 the I guess, the, the key points of it. What is the confidence creator and why is that important? Yeah, so it's a compilation of my lowest moments in my life and how I was able to leverage those to create confidence within me and how the reader can too. So I really saw a white space in the market that there's a lot of books out there, a lot of data research-based books around different techniques that you can take and why you should take them to you know level up your life. For me, I getting fired was a massive blow. And when I decided I was going to write a book, I sat down and I initially started writing about how much I hated the lady that fired me. And that started morphing into different stories of other times in my life, like 0809 when I was leading a company through the recession and we had to lay off a third of our workforce. Those were dark times for me, really. You know, I, everyone in my building was going bankrupt and foreclosing on their apartments. Things were really tough on me as a single mother at that point in time. Then I started reflecting on my divorce. And during all these different times, I've kept journals throughout my life. And so I was able to reflect on those journals and see, wow, I felt in a similar way to how, exactly how I feel now. Wow, how did I come back from that you know, difficult situation? How did I pivot in that 
challenge and put it to work for me. And so really the book is all about these really low times in my life, the, the worst times that I've faced and how I took each one of those to be a catalyst to something better. So there's a story in every chapter, a personal story of my life, as well as a tactic and strategy you can implement in your life and how I learned that and how you can put it to work for you. That is awesome. If you, if you, if you can share with us the story of this company that you were working for and the TED talk, I don't want to give it away. T tell us about that. I, I was really, I really enjoyed it. I was, I was like, you know, waiting to hear how it turned out and to see you overcome. Yeah. It. A lot of people message me like, when's the net, when's the follow-up TED talk to the first one? It's funny. Um, so what was interesting is I had been promoted three times at that company during a 14 year period. I did an exceptional job. Nobody will dispute that. I won a lot of awards um, and did a great job for the shareholders. The CEO and I were, had a great rapport as well as the president and I, who I worked for. However, I had had an arch nemesis at the company the whole time I was there. And sadly, it's not that unique, right? When you have multiple women in organizations at very high levels, Oftentimes, you know, they call it the cat fight or I, I, I remember people would always joke about it in my career. Oh gosh, don't let her see you. You know, it'll be a whole problem. There is a faction of women who are threatened by other women versus, you know, wanting to amplify their voice or, or uplift them. And so I just figured, you know what, I'll ignore this. She's over there on the finance side. I'm on the operations and revenue generation side. I never even saw her. So I took the wrong approach by ignoring someone and trying just to brush it off. That was not the right strategy. So a lot of times I learn by doing things incorrectly. What I should have done was address it and nip it in the bud immediately when this started. Because I didn't and because I turned a blind eye, this woman really grew in strength. You know, behind the scenes, she was working on strategies to create problems for me, create obstacles for me, firing my assistant without talking to me, really odd and not answering emails, holding up my paycheck. There were so many passive aggressive things, ignoring me in meetings. You know, there was all these different uh, passive aggressive, typically some aggressive tactics that she employed. And my strategy was, oh, just ignore, you know, just work around it, Heather. I would always say to myself, find another solution because I am very resourceful. So I would find ways to work around it. But during this time, I was starting to feel worse and worse about myself because I was turning a blind eye to someone disrespecting me. And my confidence started getting pretty low. And it, it, it showed up in that I was coming home from work at night late and crying and not wanting to go to work the next day because I didn't want to deal with it. And I was exhausted by the toxic environment. And I really noticed, you know, my son was saying, you're always crying about that lady, mom. Why do you have to work with that lady? And I thought, holy cow, my child's even noticing this. So I ended up, I launched a, I was in advertising in media for 20 something years. So I know the different techniques to launch successful ad campaigns for brands. And so I'd done it millions of times in my career. I, I thought, why don't I just do it for myself? So I launched this ad campaign for me, to me, about me, essentially building confidence within me again. And it worked, you know, because frequency and messaging sells. And I gave strong messaging, powerful messaging about fear is a green light that means go. And I started using this playlist that I put together that was a really empowering playlist for me. And I could feel and envision myself standing up to this woman. I started dressing for game on, you know, wearing my red dress, getting ready, putting extra effort into who I am to look my best on the outside, feel my best on the inside. 
and create boundaries and stand up for myself. And I did. And I, I really started turning the tables on this woman and ultimately she ends up firing me in the end, which was very upsetting. However, I had really started to feel more confident as an individual. And when I stood in her office and she was all smiles, you know, so excited to let me know I was going to be fired, I stood cold because there's no crying in baseball. And I listened to what she had to say and she wanted me to sign away my rights, essentially, so that I could never speak about what happened. And I'd seen this movie before. This wasn't my first rodeo. I had been at that company 14 years. I knew what her tactic was. She wanted to protect herself, her name, and sweep me under the rug. And she rolled the dice that I would do it for money. And fortunately enough, I had built some confidence in myself. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice on me. And I pushed her memos back to her. I said, I did not write either one of these. I'm not signing either one of these. And if that's it, I'm out of here. And I left and cried my eyes out for the three-hour ride home. But in that moment, I created confidence. In the moment, I decided not to be bullied anymore, not to be pushed around. I stood up for me and that, you know, I chose me, which I talk about in my TED Talk. So, you know, I, I chose to roll the dice on me and not let someone roll over me. And that, even though it was a very difficult day and a very difficult month and year, you know, pivoting out of that and reinventing myself, I, I made some major headway that day. And you talk about to fire your villain in, in the TED Talk is to... Is, well, that woman, that, woman, that woman thought she fired me, but in actuality that day I had fired my villain. And that's one of the strategies that I talk a lot about, which is, you know, some villains are obvious, right? That woman was an obvious villain, but many of us have villains that aren't quite so obvious. Some of us have villains that are existing in our own mind. They're talking negatively to yourself all day long. So it's really about, you know, one of the tactics that I employ is assessing who is in your life, who are you spending time with that you walk away from feeling drained or negative or lackluster? Who are you with that you have to start wondering, is this person helping me? And if you even have to think about that, that is a hidden villain and there are hidden villains everywhere, right? So my number one tactic is fire that villain because the minute you do, you clear space for opportunity and positive people to come in, which is what happened for me. But if you can't fire that villain, if the person's a family member, you've got to implement some boundaries and really stand up for yourself and then hold those boundaries in place. And so what are the key principles? I mean, when, when, when you're looking, and I think that's very good on your part to look at uh, those parts where you're at your lowest to be like the phoenix, to, to rise out of the ashes. What, what are some of the characteristics or, or techniques or tools that you use to pull yourself through? Oh my gosh, there's so many and there's different, there's different tactics and strategies for different situations. And I don't believe everyone has the same issue with confidence. I think people are very different, right? For me, I had a villain in my face every day and that was really chipping away at my confidence. So in that situation, firing your villain is the right answer. For other people, they are their own villain. So for them, it's rewriting that narrative. What is that tape that's playing in your mind all day long that's saying, you did that again, you blew it, that was so stupid. You know, figuring out what it is that you're saying to yourself, rewriting it the way that you want it to be, and then being disciplined in, you know, reading that in a mirror seven times a day or, you know, putting it on an audio cassette and listening to it somehow in your car, you know, figuring out how you're going to rewrite that narrative so you can stop sabotaging yourself. One of the ways I used to sabotage myself, I would apologize for everything. Someone mm -hmm. would bump into me at the gym and I'd say, I'm sorry. And what I started noticing was, 
I was blaming myself for things I had no business blaming myself for. So that was another profound moment for me was that realization. And I decided for 30 days, and I had this challenge in my book, no saying you're sorry for nothing, nothing. And I never say I'm sorry anymore. So, you know, when you're late, thank you for your patience. I appreciate you waiting. When you didn't hit a deadline, thank you so much for your understanding. I'm running behind. I need to reprioritize. How about I get this to you tomorrow? You know, it's a really empowering shift that allows you to stop blaming yourself and putting yourself beneath others and instead puts you on equal footing and actually being grateful for that other person, which is a big pivot. Wow, that is huge. So you're, you're, you're transitioning your thoughts from it's my fault to, oh, um, there's another option to, to solve this particular uh, setback that I might have or delay I might have. Very nice, very nice. And uh, tell us another story from within your book, The uh, Confidence Creator. But one, I mean, there's one that is always brought up to me when people read my book. I think it's the first chapter, actually. I write about, I have a, now I have a 13 year old son, but this is, I was telling the story of when my son was, I believe he was, I don't know, eight maybe. He is a big basketball fan and he, I guess he learned from Steph Curry that you can leave notes on your shoes. And one morning at six in the morning, we're getting ready for school. I'm rushing around. It's chaos in my house in the morning, trying to, you know, get out the door on time. And he brings me a Sharpie and a basketball sneaker. And he says, mom, can you write something on my shoe? And I, and I said, well, are you crazy? Why are you doing this at six in the morning? This is insane. What? And he said, I want you to write, I can do all things. And I thought, what? what are you, where is this coming from? But of course, as a you know, mother, I'm like, okay, I, I'm writing it down. And I said, but I'm going to ask you something. Why did I just have to write that? And he explained to me, he said, mom, right now I feel super confident. And I know that we're going to be in the car and I'm going to listen to my song that fires me up and I'm going to feel confident. And I know going out on the court, I'm going to feel confident. But what I don't know is at some point during the game, I might miss a shot. I might fall down. I might hurt myself. I might be tired and I might not feel my best. I might not feel my most confident. So I need to leave myself a reminder when I am feeling this way so I can pick myself back up when I need it later today. Oh, that is huge. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with our special guest from Miami, Florida, Ms. Heather Monahan, who is the author of Confidence Creator. I urge you to uh, Google her and go to uh, YouTube to see her TED Talk. It, it is really, really good. So when you wrote this book, did you, have, did you want this book to be directed towards women or men or, or both? Or, or, or it was just something you just wanted to express so uh, i am definitely not the normal person right everyone's talking about you know hone in on your niche get in marketing and people always talk about you can need to have a very small niche like you should only service you know single white mothers with blonde hair or whatever right so i don't believe in that and here's why because i have had so many people come to me i've mentored a, so many people in corporate america in my 20 plus year career and it wasn't just women, right? Sometimes it was young guys. Sometimes it was older guys. Sometimes it was someone who looked like this or like that. So I, I just noticed that when I see the people that ask for my help or get value out of what I create, it doesn't look like one certain way. So when I wrote the book, I just wrote the book for people out there that might be struggling with things that I've struggled with, right? Whether it be confidence or, you know, going for to ask for something that you want or, you know, teaching yourself how to network better and position yourself so that you're, you're not nervous when you walk in. 
I just thought of the things I've struggled with, how I figured out ways to make them work for me and how they can benefit and help other people. I didn't have this very specific avatar in mind. And, and I'm proud of that, even though it goes against you know, modern thinking for marketing, because I have received almost as many messages from men who love my book as I have from women. So I, I really feel it's like a 60, 40 split on uh, women to men, my audience. And, and I'm proud to serve both of them. And so when you think about your book, someone uh, has your book, um, is there a roadmap that you lay out for them? Or is it just a natural book that has stories that allows people to self-identify with their situation and utilize maybe the techniques in those particular chapters? Yeah, no, it's more the latter. I have, I've created a 30-day program on my website, heathermonahan.com. It's called 30-Day Accountability Partner. It's free. And that's a more specific, in 30 days, let's do this, right? And then I actually have a very specific roadmap. I have an online competence video course at my website as well that's more structured for a 30-day plan. The book is more stories and tactics and how you can apply it to your life. Like basically take what you like, you know, what works for you, implement it in your life, come back, you know, when you want to add more or, you know, don't do certain things. But no, I didn't lay the book out as, as like a very specific blueprint and plan. It's more, these are great things that work for me and, and take the ones that can work for you. Wow. So you have heathermonahan.com. You have your, your podcast. Tell us about your podcast. My podcast is called Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan, and it's all about me sitting down each week. The first portion of the show, which is 10 to 15 minutes, I talk about my personal challenges, what I'm dealing with at that moment in time, and how I'm learning or failing or you know correcting. And then I sit down with a guest uh, each week, and we talk about how they overcame adversity, achieved success, what they've learned. And then at the end of the show, I answer my listener questions. So my first guest I had on the show was Gary Vaynerchuk, who is mm. a media icon. And, you know, that was a fantastic guest. I've had Sarah Blakely and Jesse mm -hmm. Itzler. I've had Ed Milet. I've had Mark Manson. I've had so many amazing individuals come on my show and drop their knowledge and teach our audience everything from Chris Voss, the FBI negotiator, teaching us how to be the best negotiators possible. So always adding a lot of tactical value each week, as well as um, some personal story. And this, uh, the show is uh, once a week. Once every Tuesday. At lunch. Every, every yeah. Tuesday. What time? Well, I actually film and record my show the week prior and then yes. the producers have the content for a week. So I believe, you know, it's probably two or three in the morning on Tuesday morning. It's, sure, it's probably sure. uploaded so sometime, but by but can, the time anyone wakes up, it's there. But they can connect to your podcast from your website, correct? Oh yeah, there's a link to my podcast there absolutely, as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And so you had talked about um, your you have an, an, a next book that's coming out. Tell us about your next book. Sure. So it's funny because the first time I self-published, which is very different than going with a publishing house, this time I signed with Harper Collins Leadership, and I'm really excited. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I was, I was really excited to do that because doing things on your own in a new space renders you a rookie. It renders you without experience, without connections, without expertise. So clearly I made tons of mistakes. You know, I paid too much for this. The cover came back wrong on this. I, it, everything got delayed because I didn't have that weight. I didn't have that name, Harper Collins, get it done. I was Heather Monaghan and no one heard of me as an author before. So I was new to the space. 
I like the fact that now I have teams of people, you know, there's teams in marketing, there's teams in sales, there's teams in the actual writing side to help advise me. However, what I'm learning is I, I was on a call the other day with my point person who I deal with to, to connect me to all the departments and she was running through some process and she said, well, you know, we're going to have an audio version of the book. I said, yeah, I know. I'm really excited. I did the audio on my first book. She said, well, I don't know that we'll choose you. And I said, wait a minute. What do you mean? And she said, yeah, you can audition and we'll consider you, but you know, that will be up to the audio team if they choose you. And I just started laughing hysterically. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, I think it's very funny that I have to audition to do the audio version of my own book. She said, well, this is how books are made, Heather. We, they test and analyze everything. So the name of my book that I chose is Leapfrogging Villains, and they like it. But she did say to me, the title team will have to test. They'll do a litmus test on it, and they'll do you know different focus groups, and they'll meet with people and poll people. And so it's so different already, just you know working with them for, it's been a month that um, I'm really curious to how this is, this is gonna pan out and, and what I'll think after I go through both experiences. Well, I've, I've been in publishing uh, since 1983. So um, I, I know a lot of my friends are editors and whatnot and they have their little fights with the illustrators and whatnot. So, I'm sure. But, but, but they're gonna take good care of you. And so in leapfrogging uh, villains, um, what, what are the key points of the book? Um, is it that you're uh, taking them on? Or are you doing jujitsu, kind of avoiding them? Um, what are some of the, the techniques that you're recommending to leapfrog the villains? So I always look at what my audience is asking for me or from me, right? To guide me on what I should create. So the number one thing, after I gave a TED talk, everyone asked, when's the next TED talk? Where's the follow-up to the TED talk? You didn't answer this question. When I wrote the first book, what, what, Heather, now where do I go? What's next? Everybody wants to know what's happened next. So leapfrogging villains is really the day that I get fired until now. Like what, how I built a business, how I made the decision to go to work for myself, how I left that behind, how for a while I didn't leave it behind and I was kind of straddling two different worlds and it was slowing me down incredibly, but I didn't know it at the time. It's all of the stories of what happened to me since the day I got fired and the business lessons and life lessons I learned from them and how the reader can put those uh, techniques to work for them. That is excellent. That is excellent. And the, the fact is that you're, you're doing this as a single mother, which is quite exceptional as well. I, I think there's- Well, you know what? It's, it's, it's whatever you're used to, right? I've been, I got divorced, oh my gosh, a long time ago. So it's what I know. I, I mean, it was a decade ago. It's what I know. And I have a great relationship with my son. He's a fantastic person. I love the work that I'm doing. Yeah, I work a lot, but I always worked a lot. You know, I worked a lot when I was in corporate America too. It's just much better now that I work for myself. If I'm going to be killing myself out there, I'd like to be doing it for me because I feel like I finally have the best boss I've ever had. So what would you tell the young folks um, that are dealing with this COVID-19 situation? And some of them might've gotten job offers, offers that have been rescinded. Um, what type of advice would you provide them um, to, to build their confidence? Yeah. Number one, this is temporary. Good times are temporary and bad times are temporary. It's a cycle and we'll go through, you know, different. And that's something that I'm grateful for 0809 because it taught me that lesson. I had never lived through something personal in business that was so devastating. So when this happened, I thought, 
hang on, I'm going to draw on that history in my mind. I know it's not going to stay like this forever. I know this is the window in time and I know I can get through it. This too shall pass. So keep that in mind every day. And when you have the bad days, you know, cause they're going to come and just give yourself some grace because I, believe me, I have them. Some days are really good. Some days are really frustrating and uncertainty can be scary. But when everything is uncertain, anything is possible too. And it's about challenging yourself to look at that other option or that other direction. Yes, things can get worse and yes, things can be difficult, but yes, things can be amazing. So, you know, sometimes when someone says, oh, I had a job offer rescinded and this is horrible. Maybe that's a blessing in disguise. Maybe you end up finding out, you know, a year from now that you land at some other amazing company and you find out that other company was never the fit for you to begin with. So I think sometimes we just get so closed off to, you know, it has to just be one way. I just challenge people to look at it from a different angle, a different perspective and put that to work for you. When the pandemic started for me, my speaking business went away overnight and I was petrified. And the first thing I didn't say, I'm just going to go hide in my bed for the next few months until this passes and pray someone sends me money. I thought, hang on, can I speak virtually and i started messaging people and i i have done some virtual speaking engagements they don't pay quite as much as my old business though the in-person business so i thought i've got to supplement this somehow how can i bring another product or service to life just through the computer and i started going back to my dms and the notes that people send me and i saw a lot of people send me can you work with me can you mentor me and i never had the time because i traveled so much for my speaking business and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to LinkedIn right now. And I didn't have a product or a business built. I just put a post up. I, you've asked and I've answered. You keep asking me to mentor you and to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. I'm launching my first ever one-to-one -one mentoring program. And this team is going to start May 1st. And over the next 30 days, you're going to create confidence, hold yourself accountable, achieve your goals, and get to the next level who's in. And I sold the program out. I hadn't created it, which put pressure on me to let, get moving. And I had two weeks to create the program. And since then, you know, over the last couple of months, I've learned how to automate things. I've learned how to optimize things. I learned what was working and what wasn't. I learned what price point to offer things at. And so I'm slowly evolving that business. And I'm grateful for that because it's a new layer, a new revenue stream for me. It's a new way for me to operate remotely, which I had never considered before. Wow, that is awesome. Believe it or not, we're coming to a close of our interview, which has been excellent. I want to thank you. Um, share with us your thoughts about what are the traits of a great leader? A great leader is someone who is in the trenches. A great leader is someone who wants to figure out the solutions with you, not tell you what to do. A great leader doesn't need a title because people will follow that person regardless of their title or where they are. A great leader is transparent and shares their flaws and their, and their challenges. And a great leader communicates well on any day and in crisis. Well, that is awesome. And how would you describe your leadership style? I would describe my leadership style. That's funny. I haven't been asked that in a long time. I really like to empower my people and be part of the solution with them. I really like to dig into where the challenges are and identify and brainstorm different solutions, but empower them to take the one that they believe in and, and run with, you know, open lines of communication, setting goals, offering feedback, doing performance reviews, jumping in on big meetings with them to support them and encourage them and show them how important they are. Wow. And we're going to give you the final word. What, what is the final word you'd like to leave with our audience? 
Fear is a green light that means go and go faster. And go faster. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Miss Heather Monahan. She's the author of Confidence Creator, also has a great TED Talk up on YouTube. Heather, I want to thank you for coming on the program. Thanks for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this week on Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM. We want to wish you well to have a great weekend, but always remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5.